everyone, I'm reading one more book side by side and it is very interesting. It is actually one of the famous books I have seen around. A lot of people are reading and buying this book a lot. So I think I should share something with you about this book. And I'm going to read something for you and it's very very interesting. The topic of this chapter is happiness is a problem and I'm sure that you are going to enjoy it. About 2500 years ago, in the Himalayan foothills of a present-day Nepal, there lived in a great palace a king who was going to have a son. For this son, the king had a particularly grand idea. He would make the child's life perfect. The child would never know a moment of suffering. Every need, every desire would be accounted for all, for at all times. The king built high walls around the palace that prevented the prince from knowing the outside world. He spoiled the child, lavishing him with food and gifts, surrounding him with servants who catered to his every whim. And just as planned, the child, and the child grew up ignorant of the routine cruelties of human existence. All of the prince's childhood went on like this, but despite the endless luxury and opulence, the, prime, the prince became a kind of pissed-off young man. Soon every experience felt empty and valueless. The problem was that, no matter what his father gave him, it never seemed enough, never meant anything. So late one night, the prince snuck out of the palace to see what was beyond its walls. He had a servant drive him through the local village, and what he saw horrified him. For the first time in his life, the prince saw human suffering. He saw sick people, old people, homeless people, people in pain, even people dying. The prince returned to the palace and found himself in a sort of existential crisis, not knowing how to process what he had seen. He got all emo about everything and complained a lot. And, as is so typical of young men, the prince ended up blaming his father for the every things his father had tried to do him for him. It was the riches, the prince's thought, that had made him so miserable that had made life seem so meaningless, and he decided to run away. But the prince was more like his father than he knew. He had grand ideas, too. He wouldn't just run away. He would give up his royalty, his family, and all of his possessions, and live in the streets, sleeping in the dirt like an animal. There he would starve himself, torture himself, and beg for scraps for food from strangers for the rest of his life. The next night, the prince snuck out of the palace again, this time never to return. For years, he lived as a bum, discarded and forgotten a remnant of society. The dog shit cacked to the bottom of the social totem pole. And as planned, the prince suffered greatly. He suffered through disease, hunger, pain, loneliness and decay. He confronted the brink of death itself often limited to eating a single nut each day. A few years went by, then a few more, and then nothing happened. The prince began to notice that this life of suffering wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. It wasn't bringing him the inside he had desired. It wasn't revealing any deeper mystery of the world or its ultimate purpose. In fact, the prince came to know that the rest of us have always kind of known that suffering totally sucks, and it's not necessarily that meaningful either. As with being rich, there is no value in suffering when it's done without purpose. 
and soon the prince came to the conclusion that this grand idea like his father was father's was in fact a fucking terrible idea and he should probably go do something else instead totally confused the prince cleaned himself up and went and found a big near a tree near a river he decided that he would sit under that tree and not get up until he came up with another grand idea as the legend goes the confused prince sat under that tree for 49 days he won't delve into the biological viability of sitting in the same spot for 49 days but let's just say that in that time the prince came to a number of profound realizations one of those realizations was that that life itself is a form of suffering the rich suffers because of their riches the poor suffer because of their poverty people without a family suffer because they have no family people with a family suffer because of their family people who pursue worldly pleasures suffer because of their worldly pleasures people who abstain from worldly pleasures suffer because of their abstination this is not to say that all suffering is equal such suffering is certainly more painful than other suffering but we all must suffer nonetheless years later the prince would build his own philosophy and share it with the world and this would be its first and central tenet that pain and loss are inevitable and we should let go of trying to resist them the prince would later become known as the buddha and in case you haven't heard of him he was a kind of a big deal this is promise that and this premise that underlies a lot of our assumptions and beliefs the premise is that happiness is a logarithmic that it can be worked for and earned and achieved as if it were getting accepted to law school or building a really complicated legal set if i achieve x then i can be happy if i look like y then i can be happy if i can be with a person like c then i can be happy this premise though is the problem happiness is not a solvable equation dissatisfaction and unease are inherent parts of human nature and as we all see necessary components to creating consistent happiness the buddha argued this from a theological and philosophical perspective i will make the same argument in this chapter but i will make it from a biological perspective and with pandas i don't know what pandas is and that's all for today and i'm definitely i will i will share some more chapters with you so take care hello everyone you are going to hear one more excerpt from the from mark mensen's book and the topic of this excerpt is the do something principle in 2008 after holding a day job for all of 6 weeks i gave up on the whole job thing to pursue an online business at the time i had absolutely no clue that i was doing but i figured if i was going to be broke and miserable i might as well be while working on my own terms and at that time all i seemed to really care about was chasing girls so i decided to start a blog about my crazy dating life that first morning that i woke up self employed terror quickly consumed me i found myself sitting my with my laptop and realized for the first time that i was entirely responsible for all of my own decisions as well as the consequences of those decisions i was responsible for 
teaching myself web designing internet marketing search engine optimization and other historic topics it was all on my own shoulders now and so i did that any 24 years old would who would just quit this job and had no idea what he was doing would do i downloaded some computer games and avoided work like it was the ebola virus as the weeks went on and my bank account turned from black to red it was clear that i needed to come up with some sort of strategy to get myself to put in the 12 or 14 hours days that were necessary to get a new business off the ground and that plan came from an unexpected place when i was in high school my math teacher mr packwood used to say if you are stuck on a problem don't sit there and think about it just start working on it even if you don't know what you are doing the simple act of working on it will eventually cause the right ideas to show up in your head during that early self employed period when i struggled every day completely clueless about what to do and terrified of the results or lack of thereof mr packwood's advice started beckoning me from the recesses of my mind i heard it like a mantra don't just sit there do something the answers will follow in the course of applying mr packwood's advice i learned a powerful lesson about motivation it took about 8 years for this lesson to sink in but what i discovered over those long grueling months of bombed product launches laughable advice columns uncomfortable nights on friends couches overdrawn bank accounts and hundreds of thousands of word words written most of them of them unread was perhaps the most important thing i have ever learned in my life action is just just the effect of motivation if it's also the cause of it let me repeat it again action is not just the effect of motivation it's also the cause of it most of us commit to action only if we feel a certain level of motivation and we feel motivation only when we feel enough emotional inspiration we assume that these steps occur in a sort of chain reaction like this emotional inspiration into motivation and motivation into desirable action if you want to accomplish something but don't feel motivated or inspired then you assume you are just screwed there's nothing you can do about it it's not until a major emotional life event occurs that you can generate enough enough motivation to actually get off the couch and do something the thing about motivation is that it's not only three part chain but an endless loop inspiration motivation action inspiration motivation action your actions create further emotional reactions and in inspirations and move on to motivate your future actions taking advantage of this knowledge we can actually make our mindset in the following way action inspiration and motivation if you lack the motivation to make an important change in your life do something anything really and then harness the reaction to that action as a way to begin motivating yourself i call this the do something principle after using it myself to build my business i began teaching it to the readers who come up come to me and perplexed by me perplexed by their own vcr questions how do i apply for a job or how do i tell this guy i want to be his girlfriend and the like during the first complete years i've worked for myself entire weeks would go by without any accomplishing much for no other reason than that i was anxious and stressed about what i had to do and it was too easy to put everything off 
I quickly learned though that forcing myself to do something even the most menial of tasks quickly made the larger task seem much easier if i had to design to redesign an entire website i would force myself to sit down and would say okay i'll just design the harder the header right now but after the header was done i would find myself moving on the other parts of the site and before i knew it i would be energized and engaged in the project the author tim fresses relates a story he once heard about a novelist who had written over 70 novels someone asked the novelist how he was able to write so consistently and remain inspired and motivated he replied 200 crappy words per day that's it the idea was that if he forced himself to write 200 crappy words more often than not the act of writing would inspire him and before he knew he knew it he would have thousands of words down on the page if we follow the do something principle failure will feel unimportant when the stand when the standard of success becomes merely acting when any result is regarded as progress and uh, and important when inspiration is seen as a reward rather than a prerequisite we propel ourselves ahead we feel free to fail and that failure moves us forward the do something principle not only help us overcome procrastination but it it is all it has it it's also the process of process by which we adapt new values if you are in the midst of an existential shit storms and everything feels meaningless if we all the waves if all the ways you are you used to measure yourself have come up short and you have no idea what's next if you know that you have been hurting yourself chasing false dreams or if you know that there is some better metric you should be measuring yourself with but you don't know how the answer is the same do something this that something can be smallest viable action towards something else it can be anything recognize that you have been an entitled prick in all of your relationships and want to start developing more cap- compassion for others do something start simple make it a goal to listen to someone's problem and give some of your time to helping that person just do it once or promise yourself that you will assume that you are the root of your problems next time you will you get upset just try on the idea and see how it feels i'm going to repeat that line again or promise yourself that you will assume that you are the root of your problems next time you get upset that's often all that's necessary to get the snowball rolling the action needed to inspire the motivation to keep going you can become your own source of inspiration you can become your own source of motivation action is always within reach and with simply doing something as your only metric for success well then even failure pushes you pushes you forward that's it thank you so much